Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. The volume. Just a reminder, you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at John Middlecoff to get notified when I go live. What is going on, my people? How are we doing? Three and out, John Middlecoff. That's the podcast. That's me. Hopefully everyone's having a good day. We got a big Thursday night game. Actually, a fantastic game. Packers-Lions. Very excited for that. Jordan Love, Jared Goff. If I would have told you like three years ago, everyone's going to be fired up to watch Jordan Love play Goff on prime time. You're like, are you sure? Yes, I am. You know, sneaky, early, massive divisional game. Uh, could have some playoff implications. And then we'll discuss the 2021 draft because from Zach Wilson to Trey Lance now to Justin Fields, even a Mac Jones who can't keep his hands to himself, uh, we we will discuss that as well. And, of course, we always like to get in a little mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Appreciate everyone that DMs me, and I try to get to all of you guys. Love interacting with the people, especially during football season because uh, lot, lots going on. A lot of people got questions, and we're all following a million things and have a lot of takes. So fire into my DMs. As well as make sure you subscribe to Three and Out Podcast. Thing is flying up the charts. I appreciate everyone who has. And let's dive into the pot. And before we dive into some football, because we all love football, what I need you to do is grab your smartphone, go to the app page, and download the Game Time app. And when you do, the Game Time app, it's the fastest growing ticketing app in America and the official ticketing app of this podcast. Use the promo code John to get $20 off a pair of tickets. I just saw. The uh, playoffs in professional baseball, Major League Baseball, are set. We know the matchups. You want to go to one of these games? You a Dodger fan? You a Braves fan? You a, you live in the Dallas area? Want to go see the Rangers? Arlington, Texas? Well, I got you covered. Just go to game time. Promo code John. College football, NFL, comedy shows, concerts. You a Swifty? Your daughter a Swifty? You want to take her? Do it on me. Promo code John. $20 off. 
Can't recommend them enough. Listen, these Thursday night games historically have been very hit or miss. And the football, you never know what you're going to get short week, especially as the season goes. But I would say when I think of Thursday night football, it's the matchups aren't great. And this is just a fantastic matchup. You get Dan Campbell at Green Bay and just a lot on the line. I mean, no way around it. I picked the Lions to win this division. I stand by that and I feel pretty good about it. Honestly, they're an awful Jared Goff pick six against Seattle in their home opener from being 3-0. I think the Lions are really good. I just saw Hutchinson was the defensive player of the week. He had a couple sacks. I, I think he's got a chance to be an upper echelon pass rusher. Obviously, offensively, they're fantastic. They're going to have a guy that they drafted really high a couple years ago come back off his gambling suspension and looked really good last year when he came back from ACL surgery, Jamison Williams. But to me, this is just a huge night for Dan Campbell to almost double down. Like Thursday night, opening night, he beat the Kansas City Chiefs. That was a big night for his program, especially coming off the momentum last year, the way they finished kind of ending Aaron Rodgers' career in Green Bay. And I I think it's hard to watch them and not see a ton of talent. They're tough. They're going to be able to run the ball. Their passing game is really good. And they have impact players on defense. Now, overall, is their defense great? No. Is it going to be a top five defense? It's not. But I think by the end of the season, they have a chance to look a lot better than a lot of people thought coming in. And let's face it, Dan Campbell, a a lot of people are going to be split on this one. A meathead, former player, Raw, raw speech guy says he drinks, you know, 18 cups of coffee before work, slamming Red Bulls, listening to Metallica, or maybe he's just a solid coach. Now, is he Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay as a schemer? Of course not. That's not really his MO. Ideally, he's not Colin Place. He is much more in the vein of Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh. Mike Vrabel can call a side of the ball. I know Dan technically did a couple years ago, but. That's never going to be his deal. He's going to hire coordinators to, you know, run his offense. But let's face it, like, he's doing a pretty good job. Like, the Lions, I would say, and we've talked about this before, are mostly a joke. And this last year and bleeding into this year, they look very, very competent. I, I would say they're the betting favorites, but they're also just the eye test favorites. Like, they, they should win this division. And if they don't win the division, they 100% should be a playoff team. So you have a night, anytime you play on primetime, there's just going to be more takes and more thoughts because everybody's watching. Even with Amazon, where I saw the streaming was up like 20%. So this is a big moment for the big guy and his and his football team, which I'm a believer. Now, I, I'm, I don't think the guy's going to become the next Bill Parcells or the next you know Bill Walsh, but I think he's got a chance to be a really solid team because most coaches that are viewed as really good, they usually have good players, and he does have really good players. Now, Big picture, what are they going to do with Jared Goff? Are they just going to ride it out for a while? It's kind of what it looks like. Uh, But they definitely have a lot of talent around them, and and I'm a believer. And on the flip side, the Packers got a lot in line. This is going to be one of the first weeks where the Packers always got a lot of eyeballs on them. I I know last week, definitely where I was, it was the local game, so I would imagine a lot of people were watching that. But, you know, through three quarters, it was terrible. 17 to nothing. They, They weren't a great watch. But there are going to be a lot of eyeballs on Jordan Love. And let's face it, most people, start to finish, are going to get their first Jordan Love game. And I said it last week, I was impressed. You know, you can only learn so much in the classroom. You can only learn so much in situational practice, uh, you know, things at during training camp or during the season. Hey, we're, da- we're, down, uh, we're down four, one minute left, no timeouts. 
Yeah, it's practice. You can't tackle the quarterback. It's different when you're in a game situation, especially against a really good defense. And to me, he showed a lot. Now, that doesn't you got to do it over and over, and especially at home against a divisional rival. I know they're technically not a rival because the Packers have owned them, but you know what I mean. And I'm fascinated to watch Jordan Love in this game. And let's face it, if Jordan Love just turns out to be solid, that is a massive win for Gudikins and LaFleur, who, you know, LaFleur, if he just creeps around 9 or 10 wins and gets them even just as a wild card this year, I think we have to start including him as one of the best coaches, you know, in the league, especially the of the younger version. And I don't think he really got the credit when Aaron was rattling off MVPs and they were winning 13 games. A lot of it was the way the season's ended, the way it did against Tampa with the field goal, uh, obviously the way it did last year, and then two years ago against the 49ers. But he's clearly a pretty good coach. And when I, and I'm guilty of this. Whenever we talk about top coaches, especially the top guys like under 50, his name never comes out of my mouth, and people I listen to, they, they never usually talk about the guy. feels like most people put him closer to like some of the random coaches in the league than the Kyle Shanahan's and, and Sean McVay's. Now, part of that is when you win in the playoffs, you get more credit, but when you, and, and let's face it, I know they were kind of mutually ready to depart, but they were the group that decided to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, and separate from what happened on that field in New York, they pulled the trigger to get rid of arguably the best player in the history of the franchise. So when you pivot to Jordan Love and he just turns out to be solid, a guy you drafted at the end of the first round, and then your team looks pretty good. Now, they're battling a lot of injuries. I saw Watson's questionable, which, you know, when you got a hamstring injury, short week, I know he hasn't played, but it's a little risky. Uh, Bakhtiari's out, Jair Alexander's out. They have a lot of injuries on their team. If they were to win this game, it would be very, very impressive. I, I won't say I would be blown away, but I expect the Lions to win. As a gambler, I'm going to put money on the Lions to win this game. But at what I saw out of the Packers last last week, the heart, the grit, and just the playmaking ability from their quarterback. Now, he hasn't shown the ability to do it start to finish in these games. He either has a bad quarter, a bad half, but there is no disputing. And we'll talk about these 2021 quarterbacks here in a minute. There's a fluidity to his movement. Uh, just as a scrambler, keeping plays alive behind the line of scrimmage, his arm strength. You know, his accuracy can obviously be very hit or miss. You just have to look at the completion percentage. He's been missing his best wide receiver. To me, if they can just get his timing and rhythm down a little bit, I I definitely think he could be a top half quarterback in the NFL. But there's only however many starts he's into his career, right? He's got the one couple years ago against the Chiefs. He's got the three this year. He's got a long way to go. But I'm definitely intrigued, so I'm I'm fascinated to watch this guy play tonight. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with the code JOHN, J-O-H-N. New customers can bet $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL with code 
John, J-O-H-N, the crown is yours. Gambling prompt. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, cdkng.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. I wanted to talk about the 21 draft because it's shaping up to be one of the biggest disasters in NFL history, right? Anytime that you draft a guy in the top five and he doesn't become a uh, you know a star, not even a star, just a long-term starting quarterback, it's a major problem. And if we remove Trevor Lawrence, who's actually going through a bumpy period right now, but is going to be in Jacksonville forever, uh, at least for the the you know long future ahead, uh, we remove him from that conversation because he was widely viewed as one of the best prospects in recent memory, was going to be the number one pick after like his freshman year. It was a no-brainer. But then you look at all the other guys, and I always say that that 2021 season, or excuse me, the 2020 season, the COVID year, is an all-time outlier for these quarterbacks. And when you look at Zach Wilson, BYU's always played a really hard schedule. And that season, they did not, because none of the teams that they were playing were playing out of conference games. So they had to play a bunch of nobodies, and they really only played one good team. Now, in those games against the nobodies, Zach Wilson was putting on a fantastic performance. Like, he was just throwing dimes left and right. He looked really good. But it turned out that definitely is not translating to the NFL. And the one tough game that he played against Coastal Carolina, not only did he not play well, he lost. So when you look at that, and then you start hearing some rumblings. I heard Coward talking about he wasn't a team captain. I kind of did a little digging. Not like his character, he was some criminal. But I don't know if he was the most beloved guy around the building. Like, his character wasn't just some A-plus guy. Uh, The cocky, the edginess. And I was told a while back that Joe Douglas kind of likes that. You know, he comes from the Baltimore crew. uh, The Ray Lewis's, the Ed Reed's, the Terrell Suggs. Like, they were big on swag. Now, they backed it up with play. But that was a thing that Zach Wilson kind of hung his hat on, was like swag. And then you watch him play now. He's got the Karate Kid thing going. And he's just terrible. And last year, the character stuff really, you know, kind of came to light because of the comments after losses and everyone turned on him. Now there are some rumblings that the defense is getting mad at Robert Sala because he's supporting him. As I said the other day, anytime that you, they had moved on from Zach Wilson. One thing I didn't hit on the other day, once you make a a highly drafted guy, you know, if he's going to be your backup, you just have to move on. The Jets had literally moved on when the season ended. Right? They were going to trade for someone. They were going to do something. Right, They were sniffing around Matt Stafford. They, you know, I would imagine Kirk Cousins would have been available. If they couldn't have got Aaron Rodgers, then the Aaron Rodgers thing definitely became on the table. They went all in on that one. They had moved on from Zach Wilson. But then once Aaron Rodgers not just became possible, became a reality, they went, well, have him sit behind him for a couple years. That just doesn't work, man. You can't make a guy a starter, have it be a disaster, trade for a legend, and then have him sit behind him and think he's just going to become a much better player. Maybe he improves incrementally, you know, maybe takes a small step. But when you look at the grand scheme of things, that was moronic. It was so stupid. 
And I, I don't understand looking back, one, why they drafted the guy. Now, I would have taken Justin Fields number two. And we'll get into him in a second. But the Zach Wilson thing's an all-time swing and a miss. Now, you could argue Trey Lance is worse. And unlike Zach Wilson, who played a bunch of nobodies, Trey Lance didn't even have a season. Did not even have a season. Was a one-year wonder in 2019 at North Dakota State. They win the national championship. He's awesome. But the gap between North Dakota State and the teams they play is bigger than the gap between Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia and most of the teams they play. It is so large at that level, it's not even comparable. And then when you factor in, when you evaluate him, because I remember watching you know, all the YouTube highlights of his games, it just, he's not playing NFL players. And once he got to the NFL, unlike Zach Wilson, the thing he hung his hat on, character, work ethic, being a teammate, people really liked him. The problem was, it turned out he wasn't that accurate. And he was actually really inaccurate. And when you look at the 49ers and you look at the scheme they run, right? That's what Robert Sala attempted to do when they got when they brought LaFleur with them. That's what D'Amico Ryan's doing. That's what Sean McVay does in LA. Accuracy is a big is a big deal. Because a lot of your throws come on these boots and naked actions where they're almost a dump off, but you're on the move. It's a touch throw. Touch is a huge issue with Trey Lance, and he has none of it. So what's crazy about Zach Wilson, clearly his talent doesn't really, he doesn't see stuff, but the off the field wiring's a little weird. With Trey Lance, that's all fine. It's the actual on the field doesn't work because if you can't complete the layups in that offense, you have no chance. The Justin Fields one's pretty baffling because I went back and thought like, maybe I could nitpick some of his uh, performances in college. Maybe his college numbers don't look as good as people thought at the time. And then I looked in uh, his first year starting at Ohio State, he threw 41 touchdowns and three interceptions. He obviously was the number one recruit, had transferred from Georgia, and was awesome in 2019. They did not lose a game until they played Clemson in the playoffs, where he didn't play great. He threw a couple picks, but obviously got his revenge the following season. His college numbers were really good. When you looked at physically his size, when you looked at his arm strength, when you look at his production. Now, I get a lot of questions in the mailbag often about, you know, when you look at specific programs, how they don't translate to the NFL. And I always say, I understand that argument forever. It was like Oregon quarterbacks, but then Justin Herbert happens, right? When you get Ohio State quarterbacks, what if C.J. Stroud turns out to be a 15-year NFL starter? You got to be very careful with that. Now, clearly, when you play at a program like Ohio State, you're going to have better talent I would say if you play three years as a starter or two years as a starter and you start 28 games, 24 of them you're going to have superior talent. And potentially three of the last four games, you're going to have equal talent, right? So it's going to be very, very rare that you're ever at a disadvantage. That's always been my theory about a lot of quarterbacks that have success in the NFL that play at programs where you're at a disadvantage. So you kind of learn how to play. Like Aaron Rodgers was a cow. He had to take on the big bad wolf of USC. Like, they were not equals, right? Brock Purdy, Iowa State, never was really equals to people. Look at Mahomes, Texas Tech. He's playing Texas. He's playing Oklahoma. He's playing Oklahoma State. All these programs have better players than Josh Allen, Wyoming. You kind of get used to, one, going through some adversity, but two, going into games where you're at you're disadvantaged. You know, and when you play at Alabama, when you play at Ohio State, when you play at Georgia now... It's it, the odds are so far stacked in your corner, it's not really a fair fight. 
So to me, Justin Fields might have just been, his team was so much better than everyone else. Now, I remember watching, sitting on my couch and watching him throw six touchdowns against Clemson his second year, right, when they got their rematch and they beat him and going, I don't know, man. I don't see how this doesn't translate. His athleticism, he can throw on the move, his deep ball accuracy in that game. But clearly there are stuff that, and this is sometimes scouts aren't able to see this, coaches sometimes when it comes to truly evaluating the processing, right? And that was something I know Kyle Shanahan, they were out on him. They didn't think he processed the game fast enough or at all, right? And, and that's something that's hard. It's impossible to quantify. But if you don't at quarterback, you have no chance, right? Zach Wilson, not a great processor. I think Trey Lance can process the game. He can see it. He just can't direct the football to go where he wants the football to go. And then he starts questioning himself, and he starts pl- he plays really slow. Zach Wilson, I don't even know what's going on there. And Justin Fields just feels lost. It's why I said when he said his comments last week about uh, the coaching staff, what he's really saying is they're just trying to make me play a normal offense, and I can't think and play free at the same time. Well, that's kind of being a quarterback kind of being Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert is kind of being able to like know exactly what you're supposed to do, but then instinctively be able to freelance when you get thrown a curveball or when a guy slips or when you screw up, right? And, and that's why it makes the position so difficult. It's why even we nitpick guys like Dak and Kirk Cousins because they kind of struggle at that and they're really good. And they're guys that are going to throw a bunch of touchdowns. That if you put them on the right team, they can win 11, 12 games. So I, I think when you look at this operation uh, back at that draft, we just had two guys who clearly should not have been drafted that high in Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. And in a normal season with their sample, like think about this year when everyone's hyping up all these quarterbacks from, we'll even remove Caleb Williams, but Drake May, uh, obviously Penix and now Bo Nix, the quarterback at Duke. You got quarterbacks all over the place. Quarterback at Washington State, Cameron Ward. These guys have years of starting, right, against really high-level competition. You're just going to have long resumes. That 2020 season really threw off those two players. Even Mac Jones. One thing I always heard about the Alabama program in 2020 when the world was kind of shutting down is that they never really flinched from a workout standpoint, from a sneaky practice standpoint, and it showed. They destroyed everybody. They basically looked like the team that LSU had the previous year. They boat raced all the opponents. And I think with Mac Jones, the thing that's crazy, and the reason I was out on him was because you can't draft a guy that high who, to become a good player, like it's all about his floor. It's not about his ceiling because he doesn't really have a ceiling. Say what you want about Justin Fields. If it had worked, his ceiling was really, really high. He had top 10 quarterback attributes. Mac Jones did not. Mac Jones, if he peaked, is like a Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo's peak is like the 15th best quarterback. So Jimmy Garoppolo was also drafted the end of the second round, right? Mac Jones went 15th, and there was talk forever about him going third. Well, here's the thing. You know, I'm I'm sure a lot of you have seen the nut tap, everything that's going viral. Like, he's done that multiple times now. There was a whininess to him last year. There's just a body language thing to me that I see. It's like, like part of being a limited player is being a super high character guy, right? Like Dak Prescott, limitations. Derek Carr, limitations. Kirk Cousins, limitations. Never any issues there. Like there's never like, you know, this guy can be a little. And there's a difference of having a tough conversation with a coach, right? Discussing some stuff. 
it's football. Things can get tense. It's another thing last year I thought was a complete embarrassment. And I understand he was playing for Matt Patricia's offensive coordinator, which is also a complete embarrassment. But as a second-year player, you don't handle yourself like that. And then this year, you just watch the play, the turnovers. I mean, he has two devastating picks this season. Uh, One led to six points. The other really screwed him week two against the Miami Dolphins. I just watch a guy that doesn't make that many plays. Now, you can tell me all day long about their lack of offensive skill. And I was talking to a guy in the NFL. I said, do you think if you put Tom Brady in his peak on this Patriot team, they could compete to win the AFC? And he said, no. But they, they would be good. I mean, they, they would win 11, 12 games. Now, it's clear Mac Jones is not Tom Brady, and this team is not super stacked. But the point of this is, I thought with Mac Jones, and this is what Kyle Shanahan thought, you were just getting a very, very efficient player, and I just don't see it. And then you get some of the baggage. You know, a lot of people make fun of him for being a spoiled little rich kid. Like, I just think being a spoiled rich kid or being a poor kid, there's just a way to act in the NFL. Some guys act right and some guys don't. And clearly, Mac Jones, kind of questionable when you factor that in. I saw today he was asked about the nut punch, kind of refused to answer, which I don't blame him. I'm sure Belichick's, you know, giving him the riot act. Just say we're on to, you know, we're on to Dallas. We're on to Micah Parsons. We're on to Dan Quinn. And that's essentially what he said. But... I, I, I feel pretty good about that, right? I was dead wrong on Justin Fields. The Zach Wilson and Trey Lance thing was always an enormous swing for the fences. And the Mac Jones, just like he's a third, fourth round pick. That's just, that's who he is in any draft. Even in quote-unquote quote quarterback inflation, right? And, and that's real because everyone's desperate to get a quarterback. But when you're desperate to get a quarterback, I like Bryce Young. I, I, it was hard not to. You watched him in college. Dude was fucking brilliant. Just a natural thrower of the football. But it didn't take long if you just paid attention in the preseason. You're like, and I was someone that's like, maybe he can figure it out. He's always been small. Because I remember talking to a buddy. It was like, you know, Devontae Smith, he weighs 178 pounds. He's tiny. How's this going to translate? And he's like, bro, he's always been small. And he's kicked everyone's ass. And you know what? When you watch him with the Eagles, still kicking butt. (laughs) Unfazed. The thing with Bryce as a quarterback, you're a little dependent on the skill guys around you, on your on your offensive line, and he's like, look, he looks overwhelmed. So I'm not gonna say I'm dead wrong on that one, but I would say I got that one red flagged. It, it doesn't look right to me at all, and you got to be very careful. And this is gonna be a conversation with all these quarterbacks this year in the draft, right? Size, intelligence, seeing the field. A lot of these guys playing really good teams. Penix. Bo Nix are two good examples, right? Caleb would have been unreal no matter where he went. Drake May went to a non-football power and is kicking ass. To me, Bo Nix and Penix, we saw them early on. Now, Penix got injured. Bo had a lot of failures in Auburn, and now they just look like world beaters. And I think the question is going to be the talent around them, who's coaching them. Like They're just going to get nitpicked because, like, are, are we going to take these guys? I mean, top 10 picks? Sometimes I hear people talk about Michael Penix going in the second or third round. I think that's crazy. As long as his physical and his knees check out, just watch him play. I mean, that guy, that guy looks like a dynamic NFL thrower. So you, you just you got to do your homework. I say it all the time. You're still dealing with humans. So even when the stats check out, even when the eye test checks out, even when you meet the guy checks out, there's a human element to being overwhelmed or short-circuiting or just not being able to get it done. In a competitive industry, just because you want to do it and just because you have some of the talent doesn't guarantee success, right? Success is never guaranteed. 
Who would have ever thought Tom Brady would be successful? What really made him? Just his, he just refused to fail. I mean, he just kept swinging his pick nonstop. His work ethic is, is unmatched. And that's stuff that you think you know. You can get checkpoints when you go into the schools. They can give you thumbs up. But until you get them in the building, you're just somewhat holding on to your ass. Even when you have, you feel really good about everything, that all the information you've accumulated. It, it's what makes acquiring quarterbacks so, so difficult. Who would have ever thought Brock Purdy would even be functional? If people just knew, we can debate how good the guy actually is. Like, is he ever going to be a top 10 quarterback? Is he overrated? He's literally a starting fucking quarterback for one of the best teams in the NFL. There is not many people, I would imagine, in the scouting circles that would have written down, like, hey, if you put him on, like, the 49ers, Dolphins, or give him the Eagles, like, they'd still kick ass. When you give a guy, like, a fringe draftable grade, you're like, yeah, he's, he's probably more of a practice squad player, meaning he's not ready to play. And then now look at him. Kyle Shanahan's, like, favorite player since Kirk Cousins. So it's weird how this stuff works. Uh, the other thing in the NFL, right when you get around this time, I, I just I usually go to Roto World because it just does a really good job. I used to do this in the NFL when we used to have to manually input injuries. Basically, what you would do is you would go to Roto World and you just start scrolling and you just make sure that every guy in the system had updated injury information because at any moment they could be cut. And then when they were cut, at the time, stuff didn't automatically import like from some, uh, you know, I, I don't even know where it would come from. I'm pretty sure it does now. But back in the day, you had to keep track of it manually. Every team did. So when John Middlecoff was cut from the Patriots, you'd go, well, he's had two knee surgeries and a rolled ankle. So you know if you want to bring him in, you can check that stuff out. So I just go scroll because it's basically a fantasy website. But it also just it, it, it breaks everything down Twitter style individually by players. And you just start seeing a lot. I mean, it's adding up fast. A lot of guys missing practice. And the bumps and bruises really start coming. And that's the thing with the NFL. It's People say it every year, and you think about it every year. And I was I was texting with a buddy who's a part of a really good team. He's like, yeah, we got a really good shot, unless some major injury happens, which you never know if it's coming. And how many of your role players are just going to stay healthy? If they do get injured, who's going to be ready to step up? Like, it's one thing to be like, well, this guy's always, Jair Alexander's always hurt. Okay, well, it's like, if they're going to make the playoffs, they're probably going to need him, Christian Watson, some of these guys on the squad. And you you look at the, I'm watching the Saints game live when Derek goes down, and you just think, if you're the Saints, you feel you are a quarterback away from being a playoff team. Derek is flawed, and I don't even think he had kind of hit his stride yet, but all of a sudden you look up and he's laying there, you're like, did he just break his clavicle? And then the way he walked off, they weren't kind of holding it. You're like, maybe he didn't break it, but you didn't know. And then now he's, you know, probably going to miss some games. And you just, at any moment in any of these games, it's sick. And it's you're not proud of this. But when people are laying on the ground, and there are multiple people laying on the ground, we all do it. You just say, I hope it's not so-and-so, right? Or when the camera, you know, kind of, goes toward a huddle and then goes, oh, there's a defender down. And it's your team. You just pray it's not Pro Bowler X, right? You're like, please don't be. And then you see it's like a random slot corner. You're like, oh, thank God. And that's no different than coaches and GMs. And it's the sad part about this business. And it's also why these big practice squads are so important. Depth on your team is so important. Drafting and undrafted free agents are so important. Developing those guys. It's why these position coaches get paid so much money 
Because if you can keep developing these guys through the season, and a lot of it, if you're not a starting player, is on scout team and mentally. So it, it takes a lot of discipline. It's kind of like a diet, right? A lot is on you. As a starting player, whoever your coordinator is, your head coach, they're in your ass. The, the strength and conditioning coach, they, there is, and listen, most players, especially at the highest level, are self-starters, are self-motivated. They don't need you to like give them a kick in the butt every day. I remember when Chip Kelly got hired with the 49ers. They had been to these NFC Championship games, and it was like, wait, you're going to make like Joe Staley and Patrick Willis and some of these guys mandatory smoothies in the morning? Like, I just don't think that's going to work, and it didn't need less than one year. But but listen, average players, especially young players, they're, they're just they're all over you. As like a fringe practice squad guy, it's easy to fly under the radar. It's like, hey, they like me, they drafted me, but it's kind of on you to get extra film reps, to keep track of the things the starters are doing. Work out really hard. Make sure you know, because clearly usually you service your own team because in scout team, but you also have to know your own playbook. It's it's intense. And the level of self-discipline that it, it holds young people to, it exposes fast. And I saw Dion go on a rant the other day about one of his highly recruited guys, I think a true freshman. They asked him, like, when's he going to be on the field? And Dion's like, the guy doesn't even know what he's doing. He's like, we, we check film every single week. We know how much film you watch. Every position coach keeps track and then gives to me by Thursday. And then we also can see on practice. Just because he's a five-star guy, if he's not ready to play, putting out a guy that's not ready is stupid, right? It's why often you'll see a guy on the team you root for be like a third-round pick, and you get an injury. You're like, why aren't they playing so-and-so? We drafted the guy in the late second round because they don't think the guy's ready. Now, they can't cut him because someone else would claim him, but they make him inactive every week, especially if you have an injury or something at the position because they don't think he's mentally ready. If you're a running back, maybe you can't pass protect. If you're a defensive lineman, maybe you can't play the run. If you're a DB, maybe you don't know all the coverages. And when coaches don't trust you, right, they don't put you out there. It's a little bit like being a parent. You usually don't get to ride your bike to school until you kind of prove, you know, maybe fourth, fifth grade, right? I mean, early on, you're getting dropped off by somebody, a fellow parent. I remember the first time I got to ride my bike to school. My mom actually told me recently she followed me to school like the first week of me riding the bike. I'm like, God, that's a little incognito move. She's like, I didn't really like what I saw, but you made it and we just kind of let you keep rolling. Right? You have to prove your trust anytime you get a car when you're young. Right? Anytime they let you drive, anytime they let you stay out late. It's no different in a football team with a young player. You have to prove your worth to them off the field, practice, meetings, and then who knows? And maybe you get on the field and you're really good and everyone's like, why didn't they put them out? Why didn't they do it right away? And sometimes it's true. You just got to, some guys are bright lights guys. But for the most part, you, you can't put people out there that don't know what they're doing. That's what I feel like when I watch the Chargers play football. It feels like all their defensive players, does, does anyone practice? Do you guys meet? Do you, is everyone on the same page? If I ask all four of their DBs, Derwin, I know, would know what was going on. But if I asked the other guys, hey, do you know the coverage, where you're supposed to be with like these five different route combinations? It feels like I get three different answers from all three guys. And it's, it's very difficult to play like that. And usually when you do, you get beat. For a limited time, you can save 40% on NFL Plus premium annual subscription when you sign up through Plus Play from Verizon. Plus Play is a platform where you can shop, manage, and save on the subscriptions you already love, like NFL Plus, 
With NFL Plus Premium, you get access to live games on mobile, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, and more. So you can watch multiple games all at once on any screen around you for updates. Never miss a touchdown. And for fantasy football players, NFL Plus Premium makes all the difference. Access to programming like Fantasy Live through NFL Network, Red Zone for tracking player performance on Sunday, access to live local primetime games, access to Fantasy Plus. Just go to verizon.com slash NFL to get NFL Plus Premium today. It's 40% off an annual subscription. That's just $59.99 for the full season. Get it before it's gone. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well... I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Let's do a little mailbag. Fire in those DMs. Get your question answered here on this little podcast. Charles, what is going on with Baltimore and all the injuries? Every single year, we're losing guys often and early. Do you account this to just bad luck or what? Well, (laughs) 
Remember the Eagles had a stretch, the 49ers had a stretch. We're just losing guys left and right. Sometimes I, I do believe it's football, there's luck involved, right? I, I remember the 49ers like fired their medical staff. I'm like, I, I have a hard time. The Eagles fired their strength and conditioning staff. It's always easy to point fingers. Like, I'm sorry, sometimes you just get hurt. And sometimes once you get injured, Ronnie Stanley, you just kind of stay injured. But, you know, you lose J.K. Dobbins. Obviously, Humphrey's out. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I the, the good thing is, as long as it's not Lamar, you got a chance. I mean, that's why you pay John Harbaugh. I, I guess he makes $15 million, and obviously Lamar makes a premium. As long as you got those two guys... You just got to mix and match. Now, clearly, you're going to need some of these guys healthy to make hay in the playoffs and win the division. But I typically kind of chalk it up to bad luck. Any chance the NFL can flex the Bears and Broncos game into the London game? That matchup deserves to be sent to another country. Totally agree. How Think how crazy it is to lose by 70, or excuse me, lose by 50, but give up 70 and be favored in the next game. And honestly, it's... Not even a question. They should be favored. Like, Denver Broncos should be favored over the Bears, even though they just lost 70-20. to I'll promise you this. No team ever again will lose 70-20 to and then be favored the next week. It's impossible in the NFL. I guess it could happen in college because you could be, like, uh, playing in Alabama or Georgia, and then the next week you play a, a lower opponent. But it will never happen again in the NFL. This is a complete one-off. Mailbag, why does Sean Payton get treated like an all-time great coach, but McCarthy gets treated like a village idiot, and they both had similar coaching careers? Both have won Super Bowl a long time ago with an all-time quarterback and have not been the same since. Only three games in, and Payton's team looks unprepared and not motivated. Are we sure Sean Payton isn't closer to a McCarthy than he is to an Andy Reid? I think Payton has everyone fooled because he took a year off and was a media darling, I honestly think he's not as good as McVeigh's, Andy's, or even Harbaugh. Well, I would agree. If you had a coaching draft today, you would not take McVeigh, Andy, you know, John Harbaugh. The problem with John Harbaugh and like Mike Tomlin is they're very dependent on their co- on their coordinators. Now, they're clearly good coaches, but like I know as a GM, I would like my coach to call a side of the ball in typically offense. So Sean Payton is a really good offensive coach. Like, that much has always been true. Now, I think I would take Sean Payton over Mike McCarthy. I definitely would have before the season started, but I'm with you. You watch that team. He's not just the offensive coordinator. He's the head coach. He's responsible for the defensive coordinator. He's responsible for the defensive effort in terms of motivation. That was pretty ugly. And let's face it. McCarthy's tenure in Dallas has gone pretty well. It really has. Beside the first year when Dak shatters his ankle, like they've been really good. Playoffs back-to-back years. They'll be back in the playoffs again this year. Love the pod. High-level shit. Jeremy, sound like a high-level dude. My question is this. Lawrence going to fill his potential? That'd be Trevor Lawrence. He has the talent, but he seems to be missing the drive or fire quarterbacks have. Lawrence did not have a quote before the draft mentioning, or he did have a quote, mentioning that he had hobbies and football isn't life. I wonder if that is starting to show up in this point to, of his career. C.J. Stroud looked better, to be honest, based on YouTube highlights, LOL. It was funny, and I don't blame anybody, 
nobody was watching that game. It, you just look at the slate. I'm sorry, the, one of the last games you're going to watch is Jags-Texans. With the state of NFL and his talent, I would expect Lawrence to be a 35-plus touchdown guy every year. He is currently on track for 17. I do believe he'll get it together. Uh, I, I know some people there. People think highly of him. I haven't talked to him since the season started, but clearly they've got off to a very, very shaky offensively start. Offensive start. Offensively, they should have been better. I, I, I assumed, and this is always difficult with football, they would be a top five offense in the NFL. But they've been horrendous the first couple weeks. It's one thing to lose to the Chiefs, kind of get shoved around. It's another thing to get worked by the Texans. I'm not pivoting yet, but I would say it's this is a pretty big season because a lot of guys of his stature and his hype usually get paid after their third year. I would say he's not trending to get his $200 million if he doesn't start figuring out how to throw a bunch of touchdowns. What do you think about the current state of my Vikings? I personally think O'Connell is overrated as hell and should be fired if we keep playing like this. More optimistic fans will say, hey, they won 13 games last year. But if you watch the games, the play calling stinks, way too many three and outs, limiting Justin's targets and crunch time. Extremely frustrating considering the offensive weapons on the team. Defense is also horrendous. Don't know where to go. Hopefully you can provide some insight. Also, do you wake up with fire in your gut? You know, it depends on the day. It depends what I ate the previous night. So I would say when I eat healthy, no fire in my gut. When I go Taco Bell, you get a little fire in your gut. I sporadically watch the Vikings. And there are moments when I watch them that I probably even tweeted this. I'm like, God, Kevin O'Connell, pretty good play caller. Uh, believer in the guy, just because I, I followed his career since he was a quarterback at San Diego State. He won 13 games last year, so he's going to get a couple-year period. I do not understand, and this is also on the GM, why they're just over-cousins, right? I, I understand wanting to draft another quarterback, all for it. But what are you going to do? They're just going to let Cousins walk? Who's going to be their quarterback next year? At 0-3, they're clearly on pace to get a really good one, but what if they end up winning six games and drafting 11th? They're just going to let Cousins walk and then draft a quarterback at 11? Would they trade a bunch of picks and move up to get a guy? That that plan, to me, feels a little shaky. That That's one plan I got red flagged a little bit. I don't know if they're handling this Cousins situation smoothly. Now, we'll see how it all plays out, because I watched the guy. Listen, he's limited. He's been the same guy now for years, just like Dak. They're the same guy. Whether you pay him $10 million or $42 million, they're good. They're solid. But they are who they are. And I just don't know how you really upgrade. Now, I'm all for, I, I, hell, I'd franchise tag him and still draft a quarterback. On the Go Low Pod, you also talk uh, about your golfing bets. Give me some NFL bets. Seems like you never talk about where your money is. Well, I have an enormous remodel going on, so I, I've been very hesitant to gamble, and I've picked my spots. I gamble a lot more on golf because also I don't have to put as much down. But now with the DraftKings sponsorship, uh, we have Stucky on every week. I, I, I'm going to start. I, I did it last week. My favorite bet, and I bet on him, was Carolina, minus six. I will pick every single week my favorite bet and the bet I'm betting on. Uh, I, I don't spread my money out as much right now. I just go all in on one. I did it last week, Carolina minus six. And I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up with Stucky about my favorite pick of the week moving forward. 
Huge fan, been listening for years. Have you ever considered doing a weekly best of for three and out? The Herd does a daily best of. Colin does a weekly prime cuts. First thing first does a weekly recap. Just a thought. This guy's like future producer here. We're, we're producing so many podcasts right now. I guess they do too, but that's, that's not something to keep bad uh, idea to keep in the back pocket. What do you think about the Jets and Bears swapping Wilson for Fields? Both seem equally terrible, but are different type players. Fields could be a better fit with the Jets' defense, and Getze would get the chance to see if he could catch lightning in a bottle with Wilson. It seems very low risk, high reward to me. The problem for the Jets is they're currently in the middle of a major problem. If they did the swap to you know Monday morning, the pressure on Fields to get caught up on their offense, it would be a disaster. I mean, he's struggling with an offense now that he's been in for a couple years. To try to rework that on the fly, even if you did figure it out several weeks in, you would lose so many games. I hear what you're saying. They might be a couple weeks away from why not. But I would say right now, the, the Jets would not do that. Now, you could argue, well, what are they just going to do? Keep rolling out Zach Wilson and keep losing? Feels kind of like they will, which is kind of crazy. Quick question for the bag. As a Bronco fan, I got to ask, how good is Caleb Williams going to look in a Broncos jersey next year? You got a lot of competition. You, you, you really do. You got a lot of competition for that pick. I, I think the Bears are in the driver's seat. They are worse than you, and I think it, you'll see it this week. Remember, years ago, in the Joe Burrow draft, the Dolphins and Bengals played late in the season. And the Bengals lost. Now, this is an early season game. There's still a ton of games left. This is a pretty big Caleb Williams swing game. If the Bears lose this game and Carolina keeps losing, the Bears might end up with like Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Or Caleb Williams and some awesome offensive tackle. So I, I think the Bears currently are in the driver's seat to get them. I, I just, you guys are going to end up winning some games. Cowboys fan here. The news about Diggs today, this is kind of old, tore me up. I wanted to see him be a part of this run. I think we can put together this year. Fortunately, we have a pretty solid depth with Bland and Jordan Lewis. I think it shakes something up a little, but I don't think it breaks us. Does this change your opinion of the Cowboys? Well, they clearly didn't lose to the Cardinals because Diggs was out. I do think any time that you have a massive loss like that, it can rattle you a little bit. And I forget, was it CeeDee Lamb or Micah Parsons? One of them on their eye, eye black or you know the, the eye patches had seven written. I think it might have been CeeDee Lamb. It's tough, man. That moment in practice when the guy goes down, especially if he had to be carried slash carted off, I, I would imagine practice potentially ends. Uh, everyone loses focus. I, I, it's hard for me to put that loss on the injury, right? If he would have played in that game, they still easily could have lost. But I do think there is an impact psychologically that can just throw you off. Now, I would expect them to look a lot better against the Patriots. But of all the players that you were going to lose who are impact on your team you would say clearly Dak and, and Micah Parsons are you know in some order one and two. Diggs, for as awesome as he is, and he's been very, very impactful, he would probably not be in your top five, right? CeeDee Lamb, Pollard would be up there. 
I mean, maybe maybe he would be fifth, but he's not the number one guy. This is going to be a big week for Dallas. Kind of show a little grit, show a little toughness, show a little mental fortitude, show a little like we just got hit in the mouth. How do we respond against the Patriots who are, you know, kind of a tough, gritty team? Do you think Pete Carroll is not talked about enough as being one of the greatest head coaches of all time? You constantly hear about Belichick and Andy Reid, but they had all-time great quarterbacks propel their names to all-time great coaching status. Belichick held, uh, had Brady, and Reed has Mahomes. Without those guys, we probably wouldn't be talking about them. Well, I mean, we were talking about Andy Reid. It's pretty damn good. He was going to the playoffs constantly with Alex Smith and Donovan McNabb. Now, Belichick, minus Brady, hasn't been as pretty. Look at what Pete Carroll has done with Russell Wilson and Geno Smith. One Super Bowl win, another that should have been won by one play and a quarterback that everyone had given up on. Now so many teams would be ecstatic to have uh, a guy like Geno Smith. If I were saying this three years ago, it would be crazy to say, but I would rather have Geno Smith than Russell Wilson as our quarterback. And as a Denver Broncos fan, I think it's all attributed to Pete Carroll. In my mind, he has done more with less than Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. I would say this Pete with Geno is doing a little bit what Andy did with Alex Smith, but I would say the Chiefs were better. Pete's having a muscle flex year and a half right now. This has been icing on a Hall of Fame career, right? Look what I can do, not only punting on Russell Wilson when everyone called me the idiot because I wouldn't let him throw enough, which clearly, it's hard because the Russell you see now is a shell of what he was when everyone was bitching and moaning about Pete Carroll, but Pete Carroll has now been successful for almost 25 years, right? Whatever he takes over USC 2001, Till it's 2023, so we're not that far away from 2024. You're talking two and a half decades the guy's been winning and winning pretty big. National titles, Super Bowl, went to another. If he goes to the playoffs again, you know, he's not going to win the division, but he goes to the playoffs again with this team and they win 10, 11 games. I, I think Pete Carroll... Sometimes you get your, your success can get overshadowed by who else is successful around you. Like, there were a lot of great players in Michael Jordan's era, but as long as Michael Jordan was playing, he was going to take all the air out of the discussion, right? It's no different sometimes with coaches. They're, they're all, Kirby Smart, I, I think, is an all-time superstar, but Nick Saban's still coaching. So, I mean, Kirby might win three straight national championships. Saban has seven. <laughs> So, like, Andy and Belichick now have a combined, what Bill have, six. Andy's got two, and he, he might keep stacking another one in the next couple years. You're just looking at two guys that have a historic amount of wins. You know, Belichick's trying to be the winningest coach of all time in the NFL. Andy Reid just last week became the fourth winningest coach of all time. Now, what Pete's doing is, you could argue in terms of similar age, a similar age to Belichick, and he's younger than those guys. But I, th- I think that's part of it, is those guys take up a lot of air in the conversation. But specifically Andy now that Bill, I don't think people consider Bill the best coach right now, and part of that has to do with he doesn't have a quarterback. Now you could argue it's his own doing. Like He's the guy that drafted Mac Jones 15th overall. He's the guy that went into a season with no real quarterback when Tom left and had to go with Cam Newton. So I, so I kind of question Bill sometimes. Like, what, do you, what are we doing? He's the guy that made Matt Patricia... His offensive coordinator. Now, I was in Philadelphia when Andy made uh, 
what was his name? Juan Castillo, the defensive coordinator. So his coaches make mistakes, but Pete Carroll is is a fucking stud. Is an absolute baller. And yeah, I think you're right. He doesn't get talked about enough. Appreciate everyone listening. We'll have instant reaction after the Thursday night game. Very, very excited for that one. Have a good Thursday. Talk soon. Bye. The Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.